father was diagnosed um, with stage four cancer. Had I not had those people lifting me up in prayer and to walk a really difficult season, um, I think it would have been so much more difficult. I have that habit that I think I can resolve every problem, I, I think. And then I come to I have that Jesus moment, you know, um, and I realize, no, you can't solve everything on your own. Um, you don't have all the answers. Other people have experienced things you have never experienced. So therefore, lean on them, learn from them, grow from them. This is probably what you're thinking. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to open up to somebody. I don't want to have to let somebody in my life. I don't want to have to be transparent. If you're thinking all those things, we thought it too. We almost didn't join. And there, here we are, we joined and we left it and we grew. And then we joined another group and then God led us to lead our own group. So don't miss out on what God wants to do through you. Sign up for a growth group today. Hey, I know y'all heard Cam say this last week about uh, getting in a group, and it's such a big deal that I wanted you to hear it from me, that if you want to know our heart, our heart is that you would be connected, that you would be connected with other believers in a smaller setting than Sunday morning. And as I talked about last week, this is what the early church did. They met together. And so we've got a bunch of groups out in the atrium. You can sign up or you can go to the webpage and sign up. But there are groups for men, groups for women. There's fellowship groups, study groups. There's even eating groups. And so we'd love for you to get connected. And uh, here's the beautiful thing about having uh, two campuses is that uh, if you go to the webpage, there may be some groups at the other campus that you could be part of as well. Um, you know, just we want you to be connected. And so uh, that may be as, as important as anything I say today in the message, but we just know in our heart. So anyway, I'll throw that out there to you. Um, we start a new series today called Stand. Uh, it's a series from the book of Daniel where uh, you're going to hear for the next several weeks of just this, uh, this desire that we want to stand for, for God. We want to stand for truth. We want to stand in, in spite of odds, in spite of uh, things happening. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Let's stop. <laughs> We're dismissing the middle and high schoolers. Cam forgot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, sorry, guys. Hey, go, go, to, your, go to your group. See, they're going to their group anyway. So, all right, I'm going to start all over. Um, and it started a series called Stand, uh, where we're going to be looking at this desire that we want to stand up for the Lord. We want to be, in, no matter the culture, no matter what's going on in our lives, that we want to stand, and, and even in difficult situations. And so we're going to walk through the front part of Daniel, just looking at the lives of these guys and just them facing difficult situations and, and how they stood and... I'm going to give you just a really brief history of the Old Testament, okay? I'm going to give you a really brief history of the Old Testament. Here's how the Old Testament works. Things were good when they did what the Lord told them to do. But what happened was when things get good, we turn our back on God. Anybody like that? It's really easy to turn your back on the Lord when, when things are not good. I mean, when things are good. All right, things are good. They, they, the Lord's blessing them. Then they turn their back. Then things turn bad. 
They turn bad because they've turned their back on the Lord. Things get bad. Well, then the people of Israel cry out to God, and then he helps them, and then things turn good. So the whole history of the Old Testament goes like this. It just simply goes like this all the time. And you see people's lives interact and just things are good, things are bad, things are good. And so in the book of Daniel, we're, we're, you're going to see in just a second, uh, God prophesies, hey, you've turned your back on me, and so you're going to be captured. You're going to be captured, and you're going to be transported to another place. You're going to be exiled. And uh, Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, was who God used to do this. And that's the background of, of uh, the whole book of, uh, of Daniel and the front part and the whole part of what we're talking about today. And so that's going on. And here's the, the gist of the message. So I'm giving you the background, and here's the gist of the message. It's this. There's no prize in compromise. We're going to be talking about compromise. It's a heavy message. It ended up being uh, way heavier than I thought it was going to be. And I know you're going, oh, boy, thanks, thanks for telling me. I'll pray, and you can slip out if you want. So anyway, <laughs> you know, I feel like I was a pretty good dad um, with my kids. None of them are here today, so I can say that and feel really good about it. Um, but... I was never one that really cared if they got a prize. Like, they got a prize. Like, like uh, you know, we, we were never one that we had to buy our kids Happy Meals. We, remember the dollar menu at McDonald's? Anybody remember that? That was our, that was our menu. That should have said Thompson menu, dollar menu. You got, you got here, you get $3. That's what you get. You get this, and you, get, you can spend it any way you want. And, and so we do that. Or you remember the, 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 and when you got a box of Cracker Jacks, remember the prize at the bottom? You remember what any of those prizes were? Remember that tattoo you got? You got that tattoo? got a tattoo. Anyway, now you can get tattoos. Anyway, back then it was just a, you know, or, or the ice cream cone. I can't remember the brand of ice cream cone, uh, but at the bottom was bubble gum. Anybody remember that? There was bubble gum. Yeah, those are so good. Those are so good. And, uh, um, and like if you go into El Charo, this is a great example. Like when you go to El Charo and you walk in the door and they got all those gumball machines, I never bought my kids any of those. They're like, man, you stink. You're a terrible dad. I never did. I never did. And because I didn't really care. Now, fast forward to being a grandparent, Here's twenty dollars worth of quarters. We're buying all of them. You know, we're buying. My kids are like, "Who are you?" And so that's just. But you know, we're all chasing prizes. We're all chasing some sort of prize. Whether it's a relationship, or whether it's a promotion, or whether it's um, whether we're going to obey what God tells us to do. See, we all face this dilemma where, you know, God tells me to do this, but I, I could probably do it like this. I, and you know what? And if I do it like this, this will be easier. I'll get it faster. And, you know, and, and we can rationalize and everything like that. And so when I, when I talk about there's no prize in compromise, I'm going to share the story. I've shared it before. I, I hate sharing it because I hate this part about me, but it is me. And so I'll tell you, and you can do what you want with it. Um, when Les and I had first got married, I was in youth ministry. We weren't making any money. And, uh, we bought a car, which made things worse. I probably overextended our, our, ourselves, and we drove the car to Virginia. And somebody hit my car, but it didn't do any damage to the car. And I was young and dumb. I didn't get their insurance information. I just drove off. And then later I realized there was something wrong with the car. Something was wrong with the front end. And come to find out it was going to be, and when I tell you this number, you're going to say, well, that's all. But it was going to be like 300 and some dollars to fix it. But here's the truth, we didn't have it. We didn't have the money. And I didn't know how we'd get the money. 
And so I came up with this plan that I was going to compromise who I was. I didn't say it like that. It did, that sounded really terrible. Nobody tells themselves these things. I'm going to compromise who I am. Or I was going to compromise who God called me to be. I was a youth minister. And I bought this car from a friend of mine named Mickey. He and I went to college together. He actually married a girl from my hometown. We were friends. And I was, I was going to lie to him and tell him, because there was no damage on the outside, I was going to tell him, I don't know what happened, because the car was still under warranty. And I thought, well, it's no big deal. Somebody's going to pay for it. And that'll be my way out. And we all live in moments like that. Where we're going to decide, am I going to do what's right or am I going to do what's best for Gary? Am I going to do what God's calling me to, to do? Am I going to be who God's calling me to be? Or am I going to take a shortcut here? I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to do it my way. And then we can start to rationalize and everything like that. And so that's the story the background, I'm going to come back to my story later, but that's the background of, that we pick up in Daniel. And what I want you to see is there's no prize in compromise. And so here's the first point. First thing is that identity is a background. Identity is a battleground. So the scripture right here, identity is a battleground. We get the scripture. It says, during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Everything I just told you, that God prophesied it, said you're going to be exiled, you're going to be conquered, and God told him it's going to happen, and it happened just, to, just to, like God said. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, just say it like you know it, okay? So his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only the strong, healthy, good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are all well-versed in every branch of learning and gifted with knowledge and good judgment and suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language of literature of Babylon. The king assigned them to the daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Meshach was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. Now, Nebuchadnezzar conquers these people, and he's going he's gonna to try to get these guys to compromise, not by force, not by torture, not by demeaning them or making fun of their God. He's simply going to give them a choice. He's simply going to give them an alternative to the way they live. I don't know if you saw that in the story. So in the story, he, it says, first he does, he changes their name. Changes their name. And, and his, his hope is that he's going to change their identity, that they're going to forget the God of Israel. They're going to forget the promises that God made them. They're going to forget the plans that God has for their lives, not just as a people of Israel, but as individuals. And so he does that. But then he also starts to, to throw out these alternatives 
for, for food, that they're going to they're gonna have to eat this certain food. And, and in the people of Israel, now I'm going to share something with you that um, it's going to be hard for you to wrap your brain around. They didn't eat bacon. Everybody get, how many of you like bacon? Yeah, how many of you don't like? We just need to pray for you right now. Come forward. Okay, all right. They didn't eat bacon and everything like that. And so I want you to picture this, that, that they didn't eat bacon, and here's what's going on. That, that Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know they had bacon. Okay, I'm just making this up. All right, okay, I'm just shooting, going off the hip here, so don't anybody get upset. All right, they can't eat pork. They have certain food restrictions that God said, hey, you're to do these things. They may seem silly to us. Sometimes the commands of God do seem silly. Sometimes we don't think they're a big deal. But anyway, so I get this picture. They're, they're, they've been moved to Babylon, and the, 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 he's got this food. And a, a lot of scholars think the food that they're wanting to serve, uh, Daniel, Meshach, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, that, that's been uh, food that's been uh, presented to idols. So it's this idol worship, and, and they're wanting to defile themselves. And Nebuchadnezzar's not making them do anything. He's not making them do anything. He's just throwing out an alternative here. Here's an alternative. Now, think about you get up in the morning, you don't really have anything to eat, and somebody's cooking some bacon. Well, you know, you're not supposed to eat it, but it sure does smell good, doesn't it? Sure does. And I, I, just, I just think that that's kind of where they were at. And there's this battle in your life and my life over our identity, over our identity of, of who I'm going to be. Am I going to be who God's called me to be? And am I going to do what God's called me to do? Or am I going to take a shortcut? Am I going to compromise all that just simply because it's easier or I can get something quicker or I don't really like God's plan, that I think my plan is better? Because we have all these thoughts in our minds. We have these thoughts in our minds. And what happens is, is that when things get tough, a lot of times we just quit. We give in. We think, I'm trying to do it. The Lord's coming. I can just picture those four guys sitting around. And every day, day after day, there's bacon being served. Well, sooner or later, somebody's going to eat the bacon, it seems like. Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there's a way that seems right to man, but it end, ends in death. And in Galatians 5, 9, it says, a little yeast ruins the whole batch. And I want you to hear me on this. The enemy's great plan for you is that you would compromise who God called you to be. That you would compromise who God called you to be by doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. That's his plan for your life and my life. And too many times we just forget it's a battle and we just we just quit. One of my favorite people is Randy Prater. He's the, the head wrestling coach at Social Circle. Uh, just a phenomenal program. My boys were in, uh, in his program for six years. They struggled with high school. No, I'm kidding. So anyway, they were there middle and high school. And so I heard this speech many times. And here's what happened. You'd walk in at the end of the practice. You're going to pick your kid up. They've got the heat turned on in there. It's hot and it smells. It's horrible. Like you don't want to be in there. But you walk in there, you want to see your kid. And he's working them. And there's not an ounce of energy hardly left in any of them. And then Randy's going to start this speech. And this is what he says. We're not quitters here. He says, guys, we're not quitters here. We don't quit. He says, when you start quitting in this, then quitting becomes a lifestyle. He said, you quit your, you'll quit your job. You'll quit your wife. You'll quit on your kids. You'll quit. He said, you'll even quit on God. And I'm looking at when you're there as a dad, you're like, this is who I want coaching my kid right here. And too many times, man, it's just too easy for us to compromise and just quit. 
Which leads me to the second thing is that identity is always a choice. It's always a choice. This, this, this choice of compromising. Am I going to compromise? Am I going to do? And I, I love this part of the scripture right here. I love it. Now I'm going to read the first three words. You read the fourth one. But Daniel was, he was determined. Now think about this. He's been captive, been transported to a new land, new place, new rules, given a new name. Daniel couldn't control what they called him. He couldn't control who was the leader of, of the government. He couldn't control. He didn't get to vote. He didn't, have, he didn't have a say in any of that. He couldn't control what he was taught. He could control only one thing, what he ate. And he was determined. And that word determined, a lot of translations says resolved. He was resolved. Uh, some translation says that, that Daniel had made up his mind. He had made up his mind that he would not defile himself by eating the food and wine given them by the king. He had this man just resolve that. He made this choice that I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm not going to sell myself and my God-given identity out for a piece of food or for this little prize. This prize, because see, we're all chasing prizes. He said, now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of the Lord. I'm sorry, I'll go back. He said, he asked for permission not to eat these uh, unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. So he's got a lot, of, a lot at stake here. And then Daniel spoke to the attendant who had been appointed chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He said, please test us. Daniel's going to roll the dice. Guess who he's going to roll the dice with? He's going to roll the dice with God. He's going to place his hands in the hands of God. He's going to trust that the Lord's plan is better than his plan. He's going to trust that God's commands are better than anything that he can think of in his life. And so he rolls the dice, and he steps out in faith, and he says, test us. At the end of the ten days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. Daniel knew his God-given identity, that he was part of God's family. He was part of the tribe of, of Israel that he was part of the tribe of Judah, that he had these commands, that he had this, this identity, and he was determined or resolved that he wasn't going to change that, that he wasn't going to just give in for something. And too many times in our lives, our identity, we forget that God's given us our identity, that we are a child of God, that we are saved, and we, are, we have the authority of God in our life from his word and from his spirit, and we are to follow those things. And so many times we are willing to compromise that so much for just simply what comes out to be a, uh, a prize at the bottom of the Cracker Jack box, that we're willing to compromise and, and, and take a shortcut to get the relationship, to get the promotion, to get the status, to get this thing that we want to get, whatever it is, this prize that we're chasing, that we're willing to go compromise, not seeing at all that there's no prize in, in compromise. And we forget that God's working a plan in our life. You know what's the problem with us is that when we get in these situations, 
We don't think God's doing anything. We wonder what he's doing. Which leads me to the first one. Third one. First one is this, is that it's a battleground. Identity is a battleground. Second is identity is a choice. And the third one is, is identity as a platform for purpose. Now, I didn't know Scott was going to be here today. But I'm going to tell you something that happened about a year ago. Brad, the director of our Celebrate Recovery Ministry, stepped down to go start a church, Hope of Newton. We support, East Ridge is supporting that. Leslie and I personally are supporting the work that Brad and Renee are doing at Hope of Newton. It's a church that meets in downtown Covington. But Brad had started Celebrate Recovery. Started Celebrate Recovery at our campus. Been doing it for 20-some years. He and Renee were the only ones who had ever led it. And so here's, here's the insider information. Here's what was going on in my mind. I wonder what's going to happen to Celebrate Recovery. I wonder what we're going to do. I wonder if that ministry is going to make it. This is how my mind's working. I don't have a whole lot of faith here, do I? You're looking at me going, right. Well, around that time, Scott has been praying about what the Lord's doing in his life. And so he feels like the Lord's calling him to go and lead Celebrate Recovery. And so he resigns as the campus pastor at the East Campus. And he goes to be the, the pastor of Celebrate Recovery. Now, here's all transparency. Sometimes people at church say stupid stuff. They do. And if somebody said something stupid, I'm apologizing for everybody. As a matter of fact, one of my prayers, when I go to people that are in trouble, I just pray, Lord, help me not to say something stupid. I know some of you are going, well, you've missed it out many times. <laughs> you've missed that one. God, you need to pray that one more. Anyway, Scott told me that people come up to him and it's like he got demoted or he got reprimanded and so they sent him to the recovery ministry. Go lead this. <laughs> people would come up to him and go, how's it going at CR? And then he said they would look at him and go, like somebody had died. <laughs> Let me share something with you. When you do what God calls you to do, he's calling you to do something. When you choose to obey God, it's never demotion. That's always a promotion. And I heard Scott share at CR this week that God had given him a platform he didn't even know about. See, when you choose your identity, it, it, it ends up being a platform for you. When your identity is obeying God and doing what he's called you to do and being who he's called you to be, it always leads to a platform. But see, the thing is, we either want a prize or we want a platform. The prize is, is temporal. It's, a, it's something you end up throwing away. It doesn't matter. It's a car. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a toy. It's something that, that we think is so important. To, or you can get a platform where God's going to use you. See, Scott told, I was at CR, and he said, this week, guess what Scott got to do? He got to share his testimony with 1,300 people at Facebook because he's the director of Celebrate Recovery. Because he's the pastor of Celebrate Recovery. That God had opened a platform for him. But listen to me. Platforms don't come from compromise. They don't come from compromise. We think it is. We think I'll shortcut this and I'll get what I want. And I'm telling you, it's hollow when you get it. Look right here at the scripture. That God's got a purpose for your life. That Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego made this decision. We're not eating this food. We're gonna, we're, we'll, we'll starve or die, whatever. We're not eating. We're going to eat vegetables. That's what we're going to do. We don't know how this is going to play out. But we're going to do what God's called us to do. We're going to be who God's called us to be. And it says the tenant agreed to Daniel's suggestion 
and tested them for 10 days. At the ten, end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned to them. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables. They were the first vegans, people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Instead of food or wine provided by the others, for the others. Now listen to this. They obey the Lord. He gives them a platform. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel a special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. And when the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and no one, this is called favor, impressed them as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, or Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the other magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in his royal service until the first year of the reign of King Osiris. God had a platform. He had a plan for their life that they knew nothing about, but they had to choose. They had to choose not to compromise first. That God does not promote us when we compromise. Now, two things. I was going to the Honda dealership to get my car fixed, and I tell people this. Like, I don't know if you have these moments where, like, you just know it's wrong. You ever have that? Like, I wanted to throw up. I didn't want to throw up. And I felt like the Holy Spirit had me in a headlock. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in that moment. I felt like he was putting it on me too, boy. So I got to the dealership, and I just said, look, man, the sales manager's there. Mickey, my friend, was there. I said, listen, I lied to you. Look, you want to you talk about eating some words that day? It's one of the worst things that happened to me and one of the best. Because I didn't sell my integrity totally. I sold it for a moment. And I didn't compromise my reputation. Not totally. And every day we face that same. You can do it your way. You can do it the Lord's way. So I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts here. When Jesus went to the cross, that's not something he wanted to do in his flesh. It wasn't that he didn't want to save us. He did. He wanted to save us. But he didn't want to become the sin of the world. He didn't. He didn't want to be separated from the Father. But there's a scripture in Hebrews that says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who endured the cross, scorning its shame, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. You're either in a situation right now where you're compromising, and you know it. You've got a story just like mine. I just told mine from the stage. And in all transparency, I've, I've, I've certainly compromised myself over the last 30 years. I just happened to choose that story. And maybe today what you need to do is, man, you need to repent. 
You need to turn back to God. Listen, you will find him a loving, forgiving Heavenly Father, and you'll find Jesus to be a loving, forgiving Savior. But the rest of us, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be tempted to compromise this week. It's going to seem so small. Maybe a little small lie. Maybe you don't go. You're not as forthcoming. Maybe you cheat a little time here. Maybe you do. I'm just telling you this, and this is not about perfection. This is, listen to me. There's no prize in compromise. There's no platform there. But God's got a plan for your life. Your identity, he gave it to you. When Jesus went to the cross, he saved us from our sins. And he said, you know what? You're part of my family. You're going to be part of my church. I'm going to work in your life and do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. And so maybe that's you today. And so I listed some decisions on your connect card if you want to grab it and I, I promise you I'm wrapping up maybe today you need to accept Jesus Christ and you could do that by coming forward I'll be up here I'd love to talk to you or you can put it on your card and we'll follow up with you or maybe today you're going to make a decision that I'm going to I'm not going to compromise anymore you're just going to write on your connect card no compromise I'm going to pray for you this week or maybe you're just going to draw a line in the sand saying, hey, I'm not compromising this week. Or maybe you want to fast. Maybe you've got a decision to make and, and you, you want to fast. You want to spend some time fasting something. Uh, maybe you're going to eat vegetables or whatever, or you're going to fast social media, whatever. But maybe God's calling you to fast because you need something to happen in your life and you need clarity from him on what his plan is. And so Cam's going to come up and sing. A song, and I'm going to ask you to stand, and then if you have a decision to make, you can write it on your card, or you can come forward, or, or maybe you just simply want to come up here and pray about something. I'm going to be praying for you, but hear me on this. There's no prize in compromise. There's forgiveness. And Jesus certainly purifies us from all the wrongs we've done. But going forward... Man, we, we, want to, we want to give him our best. And that's what I'm praying for you. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we see in the people in the scriptures, people just like us. In tough situations with choices, much, much, much like us. And so, Lord, I do pray for our hearts right now. I pray for the person here today that they know they are in a compromising situation. They know what they're doing is wrong. Or they know they're not fully obeying you. Lord, I pray for them. I pray for them to know that you love them and that your plans for their life are better. And then, Lord, I pray for the rest of us today, that as we go forward, that we would choose not to compromise. That we'll just draw this line in the sand saying, that's not who I want to be. I don't, I don't like that person. I don't like that story of my life. 
And then finally, Lord, I pray for those that need your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you that you went to the cross for us. That we can look to you. So we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us? Amen.